Into the straight corner pocket at the 150. Sprints for the doctor. Alexander Corda in front of Rock Tycoon. Oculus flying home. Corner pocket at the 50. Oculus flashing at corner pocket, but corner pocket does it again. Welcome to Bet Doctor. Behind the curtain, look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got DK in studio. Hi, Scoot. Nico yeah. Newton. We've put him in isolation. He's not COVID positive, but he's having another <laughs> spell at home. Don't know. I haven't really spoken to him much. Uh, off the food poisoning, but uh, I'm sure he'll be back next week. Bounce back, yeah, bounce back, bounce back quick. But um, I'm, su- yeah. I'm surprised to see you in here though. You've had a couple of sick beats. I thought you'd oh. be crook as a dog after uh, Mate, the ba- Ballarat Syntho the I'm other in, day. I mean, yeah, the Lockie t- Nindorf. God, gods are torturing me at the moment. Like, hey? We did have three winners or something last week, and they were all dead set horror. What the thing at Swan Hill? Mm. Like sat in the one-one, pulled out to just run straight past him, and just said, "Nah." Johnny Allen just bashed it to the line. Then God, you know, got there and then. Yeah, and then the other day, one spot you don't want to find on the poly tracks, the coffin. So, yeah, that was, that was good. The coffin gets held up, charges late, you know, just misses, would have put us in front for the month. But anyway, that's racing, mate. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it's not my perfect time of year with all the mm. resumers and first starters. I mean, all those services that tip off the trials and that, if, you, if they can't win this time of year, they'll never win. Mm. Where me, I like seeing them have a run at the track and under race day pressure. So once they all have that, and then it, um, they're coming up now, they're all uh, sort of late August, early September, we'll get into it. Mm. Once the 60 to 1 chance lobbed in front yeah, of us, good. it was always going to be a big problem. And I guess that's the difference between a really switched on rider and a rider that knows their form inside out. And I saw James Jordan go into uh, Lockie Nindall's defence, but uh, yeah, being well, invested and, and watching the race entire, like in right. its entirety and knowing it's, the form inside out. Instead of doing was, the video replays at 9 o'clock at night and then trying to stick up for him, watching mm. the replay four times and so that. like that, the, the, Quite the last was ran over 1,100 the start before and he, he was really positive on it out of the gates, mm. like really made sure it took a spot and it would have gone. And, and the other day he was first, so I thought, beautiful. He'll be, he, can, he can own the lead here if he's at that intent. But he um, instead he, he was first to begin and then just sort of sat on it. You know, and, let, and then Alana said, I'll be yeah, I'll just come along. Is lost. And then all of a sudden yeah. he's behind the rank outsider and can't build his momentum, which, you know, which is... It's uh, everything in life, momentum. It is, mate. I mean, it's momentum. So, um, yeah, it is, and especially on the punt or in the, in racing in general, whether mm. a trainer, a jockey or a horse. So uh, momentum and confidence is a big thing. Speaking about momentum, it is Group 1 Memsey Day at Caulfield. This Saturday some uh, superstars are going around. We've got Probabil in the Cockrum. Uh, Behemoth uh, will tackle the Group 1 Memsey. Ayrton, the roller dice horse. I've got the uh, the roller dice racing hat on, and uh, he, I think, bookends the uh, card. So. Mars Crusader. Yes. He's a, he's a proper horse. Mars Crusader. So it's um, salivating fields. It's been, uh, they've trimmed up a little bit, but uh, the quality is definitely there. We've got Stay Inside versus uh, Polelli up in uh, Sydney, Kembla Grange. The, uh, the track's been. It's intriguing been, race, isn't it? Yeah, it's intriguing, and it's it's now at Kembla, track, and now it's a track. heavy nine. So yeah. Kim Moore, we spoke about it last week. She was blowing up about a concrete track <laughs> uh, a fortnight ago at Kembla. But uh, you've got your swamp, Kim, so you'll be wrapped with the uh, the heavy nine track there. We've been speaking about it for uh, probably the last six months. Uh, you know, COVID's not a new thing, but uh, we've been wa- wondering and waiting for crowds to get back uh, on track. I think Blue Diamond Preview Day or Prelude Day was the last time you and I were there. Yeah, we had a, a table up at the terrace at Caulfield. January or February, wasn't it? Yeah, it feels like a lifetime ago. But mm. um, we spoke about it last week, and uh, we're going to get Jake Norton on the show now from the Melbourne Racing Club. He's the uh, Executive Director of Racing and Operations and friend of the show. He's been on the show uh, once before in our SEN days. But uh, welcome, Jake. How are you, mate? Hey, Scooty. I wasn't sure whether we are able to talk about those those past days. 
<laughs> Mate, there's nothing off limits here. And uh, i tell you what, you're doing some uh, great work with the uh, the COVID beard. I hope it's uh, here to stay. Well, look, there's something different every week, really. I mean, <laughs> no one sees it, so um, may as well just get wild. I'd be uh, disappointed if you don't bring back the tash when you uh, start to clip off the beard and get in one of those nice little curlers. You've uh, been doing it sensationally. Let's talk about uh, no crowds because, as we said, it's uh, it's fantastic racing this weekend, Group 1 Memsy Day, but uh, what's your guess on when crowds are going to recover? Like We're talking about this COVID lockdown or this hard lockdown being maybe eased at September 2nd, but uh, it's a a million to one given we've been locked down when there was bugger all COVID and now I guess the genie's out of the bottle. When are we going to get back to uh, the Heath and the Medallion Bar, mate? Yeah, look, I tend to agree with DK about that proposed timeline, but look, we've kept in regular dialogue with the Department of Health here in Victoria who've been, you know, as open as they can be about the circumstances. I think the reality is we're looking at another probably couple of weeks of lockdown at least after the the sunset on the current period. Um, The public events framework, which is a sort of overseen by a panel um, here in, in Victoria, uh, will not gather, and they've stated that, until the stay-at-home directions are eased. So wow. unfortunately we won't have, we have a submission in with them, but it won't be assessed and we won't know the parameters of what we're able to do by way of an event probably until towards the end of September. So, you know, we'll, we'll maintain that, that discussion with them. The AFL Grand Final is... I suppose a bit of a harbinger for the spring racing carnival. Um, mm. that, that, that still has a heartbeat of being held at the MCG until early next week. I think that heartbeat is is getting dimmer and, and dimmer. Um, but look, if while that remains a chance, we remain optimistic. Obviously, we have the benefit of being a couple of weeks later than that. Um, so look, we're, we're still optimistic that we will be able to host some kind of crowd in in our big week in October. Um, but obviously it's going to be vastly different to what a normal year would be. Mm, it's, it's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? So you're basically just slapped with a blanket rule um, of these public events and essential workers, and we sort of say it because, you know, Nick, someone like Nick Noonan needs to go to the, well, would prefer to go to the mounting yard so he can see and drive turnover for our customers and yep. that's a significant number. And then you've got all the syndicate, the owners and the people that put the show on the road, it's, at skeleton staff there at the moment, is there any way that you can get a second level of accreditation uh, for these racing participants that put so much into the sport? Yeah, it's a good question and one that we were grappling with, you know, this time last year when it was clear that we weren't going to be able to have crowds in the thousands, but, you know, we were we were kind of pleading, could we have a few hundred, whether that's owners or, um, or people like Nick who... who, who you know, need to do their business on course. Um, again, all of these things are part of public events framework assessments and and also which which is overlaid by um, racing industry protocols. So there are a few gateways to, to jump through there. We, we It's a regular conversation. We, we're kind of trying our best, but again, we're in, in the lap of the, the government, um, as, as frustrating as that is for us. And then what about a break-even point or 
how long can you guys survive with no crowds? Like, I'm a member. I know other people that haven't quite pulled the trigger. You guys are offering a really good incentive. You get a, a 50% rebate, I think, if uh, the spring's a bit of a wipeout and you can put that back over to bar credits. But I think I've still got, you know, I think you guys credited uh, last season too with some of the membership money. So you guys are just in, you must be just going backwards, like wheels spinning. Luckily, you've diversified uh, your asset stack in previous years. So you would have been flying up until now. But how long can you guys survive without crowds? And what's your strategy? Because this this isn't going away at all. Yeah, look, you're right. And we have, we've been fortunate to have had those other parts of our business that have been, um, you know, provided really strong income streams outside of racing, but you know they're they're all shut at the moment as well. So, mm. um, aside from you know offering some takeaway and things like that, but we're fortunate that we have pretty strong wagering, off course wagering, and and media rights um, based arrangements, both domestically and internationally, that provide you know good regular income and have done over that eighteen month period where we've largely had no crowds, um, and that's. That's nice, and that's kind of been able to sustain us in, in many respects, um, because the industry, surprise, well, not surprise, not not surprisingly, um, but the industry pleasingly has, has been flying due to the, um, uh, you know, that just the participation from a wagering perspective around the country with people locked down and, in many cases, with little else to do but but watch the races. Um, but, you know, at our core, we're a member-based organisation, and we operate for our members and when when you can't um accommodate them on course it's it's really difficult so look we're hoping that i mean obviously our, our first and, and foremost priority is to be able to run the caulfield cup carnival at which we can have our, our members in attendance um, but we're just doing everything we can to try and keep them engaged um, and you mentioned that uh, you know, the, the Spring Carnival guarantee or the membership guarantee that we've just launched this week where there'll be a 50% rebate available to members, existing members and new members who um, who join by September 18 will qualify for that 50% rebate if uh, Caulfield Cup Carnival doesn't, uh, isn't run with gates open. So, yeah, look, it is, as to how long it's it can, this model can sustain itself, um, you know, we'd be hopeful that we don't have to do even consider that. Um, but really the reality is until um, until we're at that those sort of vaccination benchmarks that is now kind of the primary part of the discussion with government, then um, it's really difficult to say. But, yeah, thankfully we do have those, those wagering and media um, revenue streams that are sort of keeping us ticking over. Mm. Yeah, I think it's... Uh... I'd be probably, yeah, if I had to have a bet, and I do like betting, I'd be probably uh, riding off the whole spring carnival given the way things are going and moving in New South Wales and Victoria. As sad as it is to say, I think would be uh, a rough chance to get some crowds on track for Flemington. But, again, it's it, like, it's it's odds against, definitely. Well, I think just listening to um, Josh on uh, after the last last night, Josh Planksby, uh, um I think he was saying that uh, the Zipping Classic Day might be trying to be marketed as Freedom Day, which is towards um, towards the end of November or something. So, which I think it's more realistic the way things are going. We hope it, it's not like that, but um, but I think that's uh, yeah shaping more late November December might be. I hope. Mm, how do you think? Uh, how are you going to get people back on track? Because I think people's um, 
behavior and consumer spending is going to completely change. I don't think we've really had a genuine wave here. Do you, do you, do you think? I, I, I think it's going to be huge. When you reckon? People just want to go, going to want to get out. Mm. They want to see, them, going to meet people. And one of the places to do that is the races and things. I think it's going to be bigger than ever when we finally things do all this <laughs> shit finishes. It's going to be big. People aren't going to be able to take that for granted anymore. Mm. And one of the places you go and see your friends you want to get out to, we'll go to the races. You know, I reckon it's going to be big. I think hopefully memberships will be big. I, 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 what do you think, Jake? I, I think it should be bounced right back. Yeah, I, I'm with you, DK, and, and we're pretty fortunate that we have a good gauge of what, um, you know, the, I guess the, the temperature of our membership um, base on, on that front. We've done some research recently about what motivates people to be members of, of a club like ours, and it is watching the races live and that social environment. They're the two overwhelming um, motivators for that. So, and we did see that when we've come back from lockdowns in the past, people have, have you know been really keen to get back to, to the track. So um, I hope there's a bit of that just organic um, you know desire among people to to return to that social environment and come and watch the sport because it is uh, an incredible sport to to witness live. Um, and other than that, you know we'll obviously just um, tailor all of our marketing on bringing those racing lovers back um, onto the course, but. Um, the, the, the data that we have as far as our membership renewals are concerned is, is fantastic. We've at something like 80% um, renewal rate year on year, which is pretty amazing considering mm. our members have hardly been out for 10 or 18 months. And we've been in lockdown more than we haven't been for that period. So um, I'm, I've got everything crossed that DK's right and, and there's, there's that uh, just um, innate desire for people to come back and, and mingle again. Mm. DK? Yes, now just uh, moving on, um, I believe I saw an article, the last of the uh, trainers are finishing up, is it mid-September, I think, out of Caulfield, so training finishes there, full Done stop. Done and dusted. Done and dusted, they've all um, lot down to Cranbourne, some up in other places. Um, end of it, absolute end of my era. I I, um, I lived at the half mile there. When I was a young fellow, I, I won a premiership at Caulfield Footy Club when I, when I was in young days and was living around there. I used to hang around the stables, I had a lot of friends work there, a lot of, um, yeah, so it's... Uh, uh, Big, big, big end of an era, and I'm um, just saying Jake's comment on that. But also the um, the property there sort of oh, made some more lodging the some, some some high rises going up. It's, is it, uh, is that what it, oh, is it? There's heaps going on. Is it? Mm. Yeah, there, I mean there is um, a fair bit that's been going on around Caulfield development wise for a few years now. Um, but yeah, look, it is it will be a pretty somber occasion, DK, when that occurs. Um, I don't know whether you can see over my shoulder, but I look out every morning to, to horses working and it's an amazing kind of charming thing to have um, at your at your doorstep and it's, it makes, you know, the Melbourne Racing Club and racecourses generally that have training um, incredible places to work for that reason. So, look, it will be, it will be um, you know, sad when that occurs, whether it's in September or in the ensuing months, I'm not quite sure. Obviously, you know, COVID's put the slows on that and there's development required at Cranbourne and, and Packenham primarily to accommodate the guys who'll be leaving um, from Caulfield. Um, but, yeah, look, it, 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 it is uh, going to be a very different um, atmosphere here at Caulfield. I mean, I guess what it will enable us to do is, you know, we have plans to build a, a second track with, with lights, um, which will be great for, mm. I think, our members, but also just racing fans generally, given... The location that Caulfield's in, um, you know, relative to the population of Melbourne, um, and there is there is quite a bit of um, freehold land owned by the, the Melbourne Racing Club 
um, around Caulfield, for example, where stables currently exist. So um, there may be some further opportunities there, but you know that's all subject to to planning approvals and things like that, which has been a contentious issue lately. But no, Caulfield will certainly be a lot different. The um, you know the prevailing smell of horse poo and the clippity clop uh, <laughs> of the sights and sounds. You know, it's 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 a really unique place that um, that that will obviously change materially. But if it means more racing at Caulfield and more opportunities for our members to come to the races, then then we're also very happy with that. Not not racing at the heat scooter. Around the corner from me. Beautiful. Absolutely love that. Let's, uh, let's do some live streams and uh, get the party started. Hopefully, uh, little birdie can get on course and start to. Uh, Tear into a couple of live streams and see DK at his finest. Um, final question: Will uh, will COVID halt any of the master plan and the big uh, developments, or will it speed it up, or does it as funding take a bit of a hit there, Jake? Not not really related, other than the fact that, um, like in Melbourne, while we're in lockdown, um, construction halt is down to you know twenty five percent of normal workforces and things like that. So possibly from um, from that perspective, while construction is occurring, but um, COVID, COVID doesn't stop, you know, plans going ahead and, and all that type of thing. So, um, yeah, a minor impact, but nothing too material. Outstanding stuff. All right. So uh, Jake is working uh, and keep keeping on asking the question about a second tier of accreditation. So that'll be uh, music to Nico's ears. At least he's uh, trying there in the uh, the Melbourne Racing Club. Fifty percent rebate. So sign back up, support them. They're doing it tough and uh, bare bones skeleton stuff. But uh, the future does look bright. Hopefully, you can get to that vax rate uh, very quick, smart, and uh, it's great to hear that eighty percent of. Uh, Already uh, signed back up for the next season and the take-up race is absolutely uh, sensational. So uh, get around your uh, local clubs. uh, I'd hate to see any on any level uh, fold and die. But uh, thanks very much, Jake, for your time. Is there any Caulfield Mafia mail? Is there a moral on the card or have you got any any mail? Well, not really, but if (laughs) you have a look at the race order for Caulfield on Saturday and and we we did pop uh, Ayrton there in, in the last race, so we're hoping that, um, punters have got their pockets full and can can launch it at in, in the in the final. Nice yeah. one, just a little yeah, uh, plonk in the in the quaddy leg. He's looked week. after the punters. Outstanding stuff, Jake. Thanks for joining Take us. Good easy, luck, uh, for the spring. Thanks, See mate. Jake. All right, that, uh, that's a wrap from us. Let's uh, We'll talk more some punting on Caulfield and uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll get Nico Noonan online who's uh, in hibernation at the moment, but uh, he's going to look at uh, the first race and I think he's going to sink his teeth into the Memsey. We'll take a break. If you're doing the form this weekend, make sure you give puntingform.com.au a try. It's two ninety seven for a sectional pro form membership for a month. DK use it, I use it. Um, it. You confirm what you see with your eyes and the data. So... What you see uh, with your eyes sometimes lies, but uh, punningform.com.au have got the benchmarks and sectionals, so they steer you in the I right direction. I had one that lied to my eyes the other day, oh, okay. funnily enough, at sale. Yeah. There was a race. It was the thing Rhinoceros got beat. People will see that, and you think, oh, they went slow, like the leader, mm. the thing that Jay Maskeel got got in trouble for the whip use. So I, I put it as, I just thought it was a slow pace. I go and look at Punningform when I've got the sectional times, and and they've run, they've quick. gone out really quick. Like, so you just, yeah, that's very really important to... um. To get that sort of data, I tell you. Up next, we'll talk Caulfield again, but this time betting. Welcome back to Bet Doctor. Behind the curtain, look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot, and I've got DK in studio, Nico Noonan. He's still in uh, hibernation, but he's going to talk Group 1 Memsey Day at Caulfield. How are you, brother? 
I'm good, boys. Pumped up for a huge day of racing there at Caulfield this Saturday. The Memsey, Ayrton returns, Blue Diamond winner, Artorias is back, Probabile. Uh, this card is littered with stars throughout the program. Looks a, a pretty tricky betting day. Oh, I forgot even Mask Crusader, who's probably... Yeah, Mask Crusader, Yeah. It, uh, it's sensational stuff. You touched upon it earlier. I got the uh, the roller dice hat on. Ayrton, how did he trial? We won't do the race. $2.10. Jakey Norton's put it as the last leg of the quarter for everyone. He's done us all a massive. But uh, what's the story there with Ayrton? Is he ready to go off the trial? He'd have a fair bit of residual fitness off Queensland, I would have thought. Yeah, I would have thought that fitness would take him a long way there on Saturday. The trial was at Cranbourne. It was okay. The recent jump out at Caulfield I thought was outstanding where he got mm. back and hit the line. Um, I think from barrier number 12, there could be a situation where he's probably heading back in the field and having to chase from potentially a long way out. So you're going to have to sort of assess the pattern. Um, but, yeah, he does look probably hard to beat if he can run up to his best and uh, looks in store for a massive spring. Is Jamie Carr off a tucker a bit at the moment? Is she riding well or no change or just wrong horses? Thoughts, DK or Nico? Look, she's probably not getting the the gun rides as she was sort of, you know, two months ago, three months ago when she was taking out that uh, premiership. Um, mm. But, look, coming into Saturday, she does have some good rides and I uh, wouldn't be shocked at all if she's uh, hitting the frame. She's on behemoth in the Memsey. So, um, yeah, she's, she's obviously going to get a lot of the good rides this spring. I think she's sort of holding out. And not sort of locking herself down. I haven't sort of seen her locked in for anything for a Caulfield Cup, Melbourne Cup, Cox Plate. So um, I think she's sort of waiting to see who, what internationals are coming, who's going to jump on Zaki, all those kinds of things. Who's going to ride to Dragon A with Bossy jumping on incentivized. So there's going to be still good rides for her to come in the spring and she's going to be um, right in the hot seat for a lot of them. Fascinating with uh, New South Wales just plunged into their, I guess, harsh lockdowns and things like that and jockey zones. It's going to be interesting yeah, well, to see. Bossy, Bossy's it's going it's by, only going to get worse. Bossy's going Sydney. by Howard Springs, which is the right thing. I'd, I'd go by Howard Springs mm, too. Mm. So you can, at least you can get some fresh air and then come down here <laughs> all sweet. Well, that's that's the best go. If you're going to go anywhere, go to Darwin and then, yeah, go, and to, then, go, across. then go across. Just a little in off. Getting locked in a hotel room with no air coming in, mm. windows locked. At least you get up there and have a detox too. No booze for a couple wow. of weeks. Good nurture. You know, so you know, it's a go. I've had friends do it. Go to Howard Springs and then go to Queensland or whatever. It does remind me of uh, our Darwin Cup jaunt a few years oh, ago. Oh, mate, the photos and, came and, up hey? three years ago. That was the photos <laughs> popped up there. Darwin Cup weekend. We're at the ball and D- oh. DK and BZ were going for a morning trot the next day after we've had a skinful <laughs> all day. It was like a scene out of Rocky we when will, he uh, goes for the, we'd the, walk the run. Back, we'd stagger back to the hotel, the Hilton oh, where we were staying, at 2.30 in the morning. I'd say to him, see you at 9 o'clock for a cup. <laughs> he goes, yeah, yeah. We, up we'd get and we'd go for a run, sweat it out. Yeah. We'd bounce back into the pool and then... Away we go again. Unbelievable stuff. It had to be seen to be believed, but uh, <laughs> absolute animals, the pair of them. Very entertaining stuff. Make sure you try and get to a Darwin Cup. It is uh, unbelievable uh, racing up there, and uh, it's a great week on the piss, that's for sure. All right, let's talk about uh, Caulfield Race 1. We're just going to spear into the Top Sport Handicap over 2,400 metres, and Turidan is the favourite here, 215 to 245. Uh, Jai McNeil's on that one for uh, Kyron Maher and Eustace. And Bedford is second in the market, five dollars. Heir to the throne, five dollars. Mahamadeus from Nick Ryan's yard has been seven into five fifty. Nerve, not Verve, nine fifty. Kingsful, sixteen dollars. And Prince Ziggy, uh, great name Ziggy, seventeen dollars. There, Nico. Well, we're going to have a look at uh, Turton last start in the Jerry Harvey. Oh, yeah, the Jerry Harvey colours. No, yeah, here he is on the Jerry Ryan. Jerry Ryan, sorry, Jacob. On the, uh, the green colours back to the fences against Hosier, who's unbeaten mm. here in Australia. This is a pretty 
strong race. The horse in behind him, flashing home in thirds, Godolini since fouling at Soundown. Mm, so that sort of backs up the form a little bit. Look, I think this horse is looking for 2,400 now. This run was over 2,000 metres, a fast run race. He ran second at Caulfield prior in a fast run race. Um, potentially finds a, a slower run race here. But you look through his sectionals, sort of his last two starts, he's for the 200-metre split here on the punting form data. He's a six fast of the race in, what, a 12 and a 16-horse field. So he's pretty much middle of the pack there. And then his final 200, two starts ago, he's the quickest of the race. Last start, he's the second fastest of the race. Um, I think just the way he's hitting the line is indicative of a horse who's looking for potentially more ground than 2,000. He's had a really good grounding with those two fast 2,000-metre races. Now gets to 2,400, gets a very soft run here from barrier number one. He's going to need a little bit of luck at a crucial stage, but um, of what he showed, the horse does have a turn of foot, and I think with a change-up speed he has and coming out of those fast-run 2,000-metre races, he should put himself right in this. Uh, Ma Eustace with these stayers, they just absolutely fly. Um, we saw it last week with Smoke and Romans, Pro- Grand Promenade, South Pacific, like all through the um, winter, even part of Passants. Once they get out and trip and hold their form, they just tend not to lose it. So I think you might get better than sort of 245, 250. It's on offer at the moment. There might be a bit of support for Muhammad Ayas out of the fast mm. run race last week. Um, Bedford gets Jamie Carr. They're never going to sort of gap her in a market. So I think you may get better than sort of 245. I think if, if you got $3, I'd really bet up. Um, I sort of thought 260, 270 is probably his right price there. And at those prices, I'm probably happy to play here. He just looks set for this race, the son of Americane. And I think he can get our day off to a good start. Mm, I think the market's uh, trimmed up the right horse there in Muhammad Ayas at seven into uh, $5.50 there. But you found a good race here, Nico, because... I think there's a query on a couple of these at the 2400, and I, I would have thought that Turidan will be the strongest over that that trip. There's there's not many horses that like 2400 metres in this field. Yeah, well, Bedford's sort of a bit untried. Muhammad Ayas has been to 2400. He was unlucky here a few starts ago on a similar run race. He gets in well after the claim for Josh Richards. Um, Head of the Throne's much better on the wet tracks, and I think he's bringing in inferior form. Um, and Jamie Carr goes off there for Willow. So. Yep, Turin, he's going to just need a little bit of luck there. He's ultra consistent. He hasn't finished out of the top two this whole preparation. He's looking for the trip. And I think uh, of a lot of the short price favourites here on Saturday, I think he's one that's probably the least vulnerable. Mm. A little hat tip last week. Nico was all over corner pocket. and uh, That was pretty easy watching last time. All right, let's have a look at uh, the Group 1 Memsey Stakes. And odds courtesy of topsport.com.au, 1,400 metres. Always uh, a big signal that spring is back in town. And Behemoth is a favourite here, $4 favourite. Tafane, $4.40 off that uh, really strong Queensland Winter Carnival. It's different gravy here, though. All the good horses are around. Inspirational Girl is first up, six fifty in from eight fifty. Bo Rossa, uh, $9, uh, narrowly defeated last time. Probably needed the run, too. Colette comes down here, which is uh, an interesting placement. $9, Sierra Sue. Last start winner and uh, one of the top sport big bets. So if you follow that uh, little segment, you would have found her at the double-digit odds. $10 again this week. Uh, Aegon is $12. Red Cam Man, $20. Streets of Avalon loves this track and trip. $20. 50 stars, 31 Samson, 34 And uh, Arcademus, 81 The replay we're going to have a look at here is uh, the big boy behemoth. Nico. Yeah, Behemoth Beaver by Ross. So wasn't this a great race to watch? Of course, uh, Will on Behemoth, a uh, little birdie bet doctor fans with Bagman tipped him up and he won in a protest, uh, runs second. 
This is interesting race to sort of assess. I thought this was probably the key lead up with, um, of course, these horses not being sort of first up. A few of these are first up or off a little bit of a break. Behemoth charges the line here. Bo Ross probably lays out a bit and just shows his inexperience as a racehorse. Um, no doubt Behemoth wins. Um, you know, the protest was the right call there. I think Behemoth's a bit vulnerable here, though, second up. This is a very similar scenario to what he faced um Last operation when he went up to the Trudy, pretty much the same race, just at a different time of the year. He came through the Durbridge where they went slow early and he produced a really big last 600 meter section on the punting from Data from around 12 lengths above. It is like e carbon copy this preparation as well with that spring stakes. He came home 12 lengths above again that last 600 meters. That was a slowly run race. Now he's going to probably face a real fast run race with the likes of Streets of Avalon, Archidemus, Red Cam Man. Even Bo Ross is setting that speed. I think he was flat second up in the futurity when that happened. This looks like a very similar scenario. So I was sort of happy to take on Behemoth. I thought Tafane was probably the horse that deserves to be your favourite. She's coming off two really good wins um, up in Queensland. I don't think she beat much, but she is probably at her best at 1,400 metres. The recent jump out was good. I think if you're going to mark one favourite, it would have to be her. Um, she'll get a pretty good run here from Barry number 10 inspirational girls had a bit of support she's been sort of 850 into 650 recent jump out i thought was good um she's coming off some really hot perf stuff we didn't see her throughout the autumn but she's probably a moral beaten in the kingston town she was a huge win in the railway should be suited to a dry track she brings in the x factor i'm going to kind of lean to the on pace runners here though it is a good race to sort of settle on speed and have that match fitness and i'm going to go with two horses that do have that one of them is by rossa i think it'd be much better suited here potentially chasing. I don't think he was exactly advantage leading that field against Behemoth. He's going to find a fast run race here. Um, the fastest run race he's seen today in his career was at Soundown. They went nine lengths above to the 600 metre mark. And he won by the length of the straight. I'm expecting a similar tempo here. Um, and I think they were really bringing out the best of him. He was in a fast run race in the Tobin Bronze, which he ran really easily in Adelaide. I think this could be the making of this horse. He gets a very soft run here from the map, probably box seat. And he's going to be right in the finish. I'm kind of happy to back him at $8. And I think Streets of Avalon's the other horse you've got to have a look at. He pulled up lame last start. Big excuses there. He's a bit of a control freak. He loves to find the lead. Didn't find the lead last start. He was taken on the entire race. I think from barrier number 10, with Archidemus drawn outside him, I doubt Bo Ross is going to lead, look to lead or anything underneath him. I think he will find the front here. So I'd be expecting a big bounce back from Streets of Avalon. He started favourite in the PB Lawrence. Um, Yendel goes aboard here. I can't see that as a knock. He's a very aggressive rider coming out of the barriers. So I thought it sort of eight dollars, um, nine dollars by Rossa and, and what twenty one dollars Streets of Avalon. I was kind of happy to have small plays on both, just with a few sort of question marks on where a few of the others are at and how forward they are for this. Mm. I uh, I'm, I'm against you uh, in the theory with uh, Tafane. I think she had a birthday last. Last start, she was given an absolute peach by Willie, put her into the race, and then I think the track was playing really uh, out wide, and he gave her an absolute peach. And the market just absolutely crunched to find. I think it was like five fifty into two dollars eighty or something like that, and it was just an absolute gift that day. But this is this is different gravy here with Behemoth and Inspirational Girl and Bo Rosser, and I think Colette probably won't be suited with the the surface here. I think she needs it bottomless to really excel at this this sort of level and D Oliver Barrier. 12 i don't i don't know about the intent there oh, dill man's back scooty he's absolutely oh, no, I've, I've, I've cheered him into form 
Yeah, but his camp's bad. His camp's firing, mm. so, you know. No, I, you know, Nick Over, I mean, leader, leaders back around Caulfield, 1400s, always, um, I can see we're always defaulting to those positions, um, race fit horses. So, yeah, again, it's resumers. We saw in the wink stakes, um, all the resumers at 1400, the race didn't rate that well. I mean, it was a fast run 1400, mm. no margins. Um, the race didn't rate that well, which Frank Dano's opinion that why the hell is it a Group One this time of the year? Yeah. Um, so there, the resumers, I guess, said more so leaning towards the race fit horses on the pen speed. But we were also always said Bo Ross has got a good race in it, so this could be the one that goes. Mm. From a price point, I'd uh, I'd be definitely leaning Inspirational Girl and Bo Rossa. She's got the X factor, as Nico said. That yeah. Inspirational Girl. Yeah, the two that I'd be uh, playing around. Outstanding stuff, Nico. Well, you're uh, you're banished. You're uh, you'll be locked indoors for quite some time. But uh, if you want Nico's last minute thoughts, eleven dollars per meeting, exceptional value. If you're betting every Wednesday and Saturday, so make sure you head to the Little Birdie Shop and uh, and check that out. Thanks, Nico. Have a great uh, weekend. Thanks, boys. Let's have a fill up. Outstanding stuff. Uh, ultra, ultra confident there. All right, we're uh, going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and uh, we'll talk to our man, Eagle, Johnny uh, Kelton over in Adelaide. The Penny Edition is an absolute uh, cracking race here. Ironclad, uh, the good horse is back. The Will Clark and Stakes, that's what it is. Mm. It, uh, it's if I take Bo Rosser out, he's still yeah, got the, next, well, he's still uh, got yeah. the two favourites. I'm still not completely sure which way it's going to go, Bo Rosser, but... Uh, no, he said 90% coming to 90% coming to Melbourne. Yeah, so there's night. going to be big deductions yeah. there. But uh, we'll get uh, Johnny Kelton online next and we'll take a break. But uh, if you're betting this weekend, make sure you check out topsport.com.au. They've been in the game for 35 years. They are a bookmaking in trust and you can get on for a decent bet. We'll talk Adelaide next. Welcome back to Bet Doctor. Behind the curtain, look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got DK here yep, with me yep. and... It's time to talk to Johnny Kelton over in Adelaide, the Eagle. He's Leviathan owner and deadly punter. He owns half of Adelaide, let's be honest. How are you, Eagle? <laughs> um, not too bad, boys. Yourselves? Mate, up and about. Up and about. Up and about, in a, for, in a tough up and about for a lockdown. The numbers just keep going up and up. It's going great guns over here, Eagle. But anyway, as long as the races keep going, we don't care. Yeah, we don't really care. We're uh, yes. we're COVID survivors here. Uh, little Birdie's done, I think, every episode bar the first four weeks in COVID lockdown. So we're very much accustomed. And uh, as we said last week's show, punters are resilient. As long as the races are on, uh, we're pretty much in isolation all the time. But uh, hopefully... Eagle, you can uh, steer us into a winner. It's uh, fantastic. Uh, this the uh, yeah. the Penny Edition, aka the Leon McDonald Stakes. I love it when they rebrand it. it just confuses us old folks. They could change the name. Oh, what well, we'll change the name? The Penny Edition to the Leon McDonald oh, Stakes. Yeah, Playing tribute to Leon. Yeah, which great, is a good thing. Man. But like yeah, a, for us oldies, we just think it's the Penny Edition, so it just throws us into. Yeah, he's a, he's a legend over there. He is. He is indeed. Let's have a look at the market first. Bo Rosser, big chance it's scratched here, so uh, maybe we can't bet early. Dollar eighty five there. Ironclad is three ninety four forty into three ninety. Second slip five dollars. King of Hastings nine twelve dollars. Uh, Retrato sixty one. Specialism Cesar. Uh, I think it's another new camp. I think it's had about five or six different trainers here. Dean, Dean Saxon. This horse has ability or once did. But it's had back issues, apparently, $71, and uh, much, much better the rest. We're going to have a look at two replays here. We've already seen Bo Rosser, and uh, most people have seen that, and it's likely it's going to okay, come yeah, out anyway. Yeah, so, Storm one, probably coming yeah, we'll have a look at uh, second slip, last start at uh, Caulfield, a couple of weeks ago first, and then we'll have a look at Ironclad at Bendigo, just to jog everyone's memory. But... Uh, here it in is the in, the, in the green with the uh, the black cap here. And uh, what did you like about uh, this run, Eagle? Uh, 
It's uh, on facts and figures. I think this horse rec uh, recorded a career best this day. Uh, I thought uh, it was a really strong effort given that it carried the 61 or so. It was solid to the line. Um, Jamie Carr gave it a perfect run in transit, but the horse did the job first up and probably strips a touch fitter for that run. So I thought the run had a lot of merit. It gave uh, five or six kilos to some pretty handy up-and-coming horses there. So I thought the horse showed that he's come back at least as well as he was going uh, over the summer. Mm, and should be suited up to 1,400. Let's have a, uh, a quick yeah. look at Ironclad. Last time uh, in the Bendigo Mile, his win before this was uh, even more impressive, I thought. it's uh, He's there just starting to get into his Australian work bloodstock colours. in the Australian Bloodstock Colours and uh, it was given an absolute J-car piece. He might have been a bit... Uh, but come to the end of his prep here because he'd had a few starts at the 1600 yeah. and maybe la lacked a bit of ping, but it's still a uh, still a good win. Look at that crowd up the races, unbelievable. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, Some big hitting owners in this horse, isn't there? Yeah, I thought this run here was was very strong. They ran good time in the race. Uh, you know, the horse might have appeared a touch more one pace than he did when he won on Adelaide Cup Day, but mm. that was off a slow tempo when he had a, a beautiful cart just behind the leaders. No, I thought that was a very, very strong run as well, and he found the line really well. Uh, that horse has had a slight setback, missing the spring stakes with a foot abscess. So uh, despite that, he's been trialling up really well, and uh, I think he's the best horse in the race. Mm. So, uh, Bo Rossi, you can confirm he's going to be uh, pulled out. I know you were a bit unsure yesterday. Uh, unsure yesterday, uh, I'd say he's very, very highly likely to go to Melbourne. If he didn't go to Melbourne and he wasn't 100% right, he may not even run in the, in the Adelaide race here. So I'd say he's very highly likely not to be in the uh, the Penny Edition field. So that that really opens the market up after uh, after he gets scratched. DK? Uh, what are we re you're reading anything into um, of the of these two favourites now, Ironclad and Bo Rosser for uh, – Ironclad and uh, second, second slip for Will. And second slip, uh, yeah. re reading anything into T. Pennell? being on the stable rider who knows both horses, being on um, second slip? Not really. I think uh, Todd originally was, uh, there was talk about him going to Melbourne to see if he could ride Bo Rossa and Callum Murray, uh, who's having his first day of race riding here, uh, moved from South Africa. Uh, he he jumped Ironclad out at Gawler a week or so ago. So he'd committed to Ironclad's ride and Todd sort of had the option of Bo Rossa and, um, and or second slip if Bo Rossa didn't run in the race. Okay. So I wouldn't be too worried about uh, Todd not riding Ironclad if he wanted to back it. And good to have another. He's probably a pretty quality quality rider. Good to add him to the riding stocks over there, Eagle. You always, yeah. always have another good jock you can back. For sure. They're, I think the the quality of, of senior riders in, in Adelaide at the moment drops off pretty quickly once you get past the first couple. So... If Callum Murray ends up sticking around in Adelaide, he can ride 54. Uh, I'd expect him to ride a lot of winners here because his, uh, his CV reads pretty impressively compared to a lot of the riders riding in SA at the moment. You sort of see, I mean, he's obviously got around quickly once he got out of mm. quarantine and built some relationships. You can see why his book of rides on his first day. Yep. Oh, they hold him in good stead and some of the good trainers happen and put him on the good horses Straight like on. Ryan Clatton. That's a, it's a good, yeah. good sign. Oh, it's nice. a great opportunity for him on day one of riding an SA to be sitting on a horse such as Ironclad and in, in a race where he's got a, a really strong winning chance. If we take out Bo Rossa uh, and let's assume that Ironclad and Second Slip are going to fight this race out, Cesar was a horse with plenty of ability, had the back injuries. Is there anything off his trial or anything to suggest that uh, $9.50 is a good, good throw at the stumps to try and eke out a bit of value or am I dreaming? Oh, uh, 
No, the horse's, horse's trial suggested to me he couldn't win this race first up. I know you look back through his form, he's got some very, very strong form in, in high-grade races a couple of years ago. But generally when these when these horses have found their way to this stable, they, mm-hmm. they certainly haven't come out and gone bang first up and gone back to their, their group class level. Um, a lot of those Dean Saxon horses that he's got, those older quality horses have taken a few runs to, to get into some sort of winning form. So um, I'd have to have him at pretty big odds. The, the most interesting thing about uh, this race to me is, is the map of the race and where these two favourites are going to get. I would think second slip would be a strong chance to try to hold hold rails lead and ironclad's drawn the outside gate here mm. and to me I'm not sure they're going to go very hard in the race. Yeah. So if ironclad's going to win it I'm I'm pretty sure he's the best horse in the race but if he's going to win it he's going to have to do a very big job and he is still first up off what was a slight setback. Yeah. So won't yeah won't be out there to bust his gut either. Won't be running on strong, huh? but his talent might get him there. Be interesting to see how the track yeah. plays as well. Looks a uh, looks a pretty tricky card there at Adelaide on uh, on first glance. Have uh, have you got a banker out wide or a uh, a little bit of a value bet that we can rattle uh, the Merle hands with, Kelton? Uh, because yep. you uh, you um, do move the market. In, in terms of how the track's playing, uh, we haven't had much racing at all on the parks track over the last month or two. And uh, the other times we've been at Moorfield on, on the uh, the bigger track, the, the track's been in the slow to heavy range in general. So I think this weekend we'll see the track a fair bit drier than we have previously. We'll be racing on fresh ground and I'd expect uh, track pattern and uh, and backing horses on the speed would be advantageous here on Saturday. Um, I think race nine is uh, is quite a good quality race. Um there, there should be still be decent speed in the race with free of debt drawn wide, even though Rock Hard is now scratched. Um, Great Divine is an interesting runner for me. It went over to Mooney Valley and failed over a fair bit further, but its form over a thousand to twelve hundred metres was uh, was quite strong here before before its last run failure. Uh, mm. This is another ride for Callum Murray, and he comes in right on the minimum. If he was to be able to hold a spot somewhere in the first half of the field, I think he's a very good each way chance in this race. Um, I'd, I'd certainly concede. I could see chances to uh, Bramavi Vahiro, who I think will get run of race, and Lakani Rose has got shades on, although it'll get back. But it's a race with a fair bit of depth in, and if there's good speed and he has a bit of luck, I think Great Diviner can run a pretty good race. We we're on this two starts ago, I think, when uh, beat mm. the, yeah, Shane Adair beat the bagman, uh, tipped this up. So mm. forgive one run, yep. and uh, he's back in the frame at, uh, at $6 each way with Callum Murray. DK, what were you going to yeah. say? Oh, no, I was just going to say, uh, I found a tried horse for you to buy, Eagle. Yep. He, he, Don't give it away on he, air. Sostinado, do you know it? Sostinado? Um, yeah, well, if, I, if I could get the thing fit, I think that would have been a bit of, a, <laughs> bit of fun with it. Didn't you put out a tweet or something that said it's done 79 <laughs> kilometres or something in, in races in, for it's 36 starts with zero wins? of racing. Like it, if you go through and add up where this horse has been and, and what sort of distances this race Which you has, did. Which you did that. You, 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 how long did that take? <laughs> I was a bit bored last Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't believe it was back in the fields. But um, uh, oh, it's done an absolute mountain of work and you know, full credit to the horse, even despite uh, not being able to win races. It's been very durable, I'll give it that. Uh, where my Bryce Stanaway horses do that in one month over here. They just carry it every week in the 2400s three times a week. Mm. I'll, uh, well, I'll read they out. They put the it in the horse auction at the moment. They might get 40 or 50 grand for it the way they're going. <laughs> <laughs> Market uh, is super hot. Uh, 
Uh, Eagles tweet there as Sostonado <laughs> spins around in race one at Narracourt. This will clock up 79Ks <laughs> under race conditions, all on the flat in the last 12, 12 months. I'll retweet it, actually. It would be fit to compete in the Melbourne Cup under Bart's principle. Record at eight, 36 starts, zero wins, two seconds and seven thirds. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, it didn't uh, didn't bother the place getters there on Sunday, but uh, I think we'll probably see it around next Wednesday or Saturday anyway. <laughs> oh, it's like a bendy cheers, and there was a tra- that's it. That's yeah, it. There's another trainer uh, Bryce, up. Bryce, I mean Bryce, up in Queensland, and I think I saw it, it had a, t- a two year old. This is about ten years ago, and it had twenty three starts or something as a two year old. Just kept, kept running it. <laughs> what have got dizzy. Unbelievable stuff. All right, yeah, it's, it's standing inside uh, ironclad uh, superior horse, but uh, could get a little bit tricky with the map, so uh, don't discount second slip, and great diviner could bounce back sharply. Outstanding stuff, Eagle. Good luck on the punt, and uh, thanks for joining us yet again. Cheers, boys. Thank you. There you go. Outstanding. All right, we'll uh, take a quick break and uh, we'll have a look at Kembla Grange, who's hosting the San Domenico, San Domenico. and the Ming Dynasty. Some uh, cracking racings up there at Kembla Grange on a waterlogged track. And uh, Mark Lamborn, he's been peppering the scoreboard. Very unlucky last time, a couple of weeks ago on the show, but uh, I'm sure he'll uh, break his duck very shortly. Welcome back to Bet Doctor Behind the Curtain. Look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. Got DK here, co-pilot, and riding shotgun, and now it's time to talk about North Korean racing with Mark Lamborn from Rand Racing. How are you, Perla? Very good, Scoot. Uh, obviously, uh, well and truly locked down up here, but uh, the racing continues unabated, although we do have a new track on Saturday. I don't know if you've noticed. It's called Rose Hill at Kembla Grange. Grange. Yes, I saw that. It's outstanding. So North Korean racing in uh, North Korean conditions under lockdown duress. Speaking of uh, suspensions and fines, Tommy Berry, 17 meetings. It seemed a little bit light. Here we got six weeks uh, when he caused that drum with uh, Adrian Atkins, but uh, 17 for Tommy, uh, too light or heavy? Look, um, I'd suggest that given the current circumstances, uh, the stewards may have uh, decided to give him some remission, as in a COVID remission. Uh, The act itself didn't look as bad as Huey's, but uh, had basically the same result. The horse is mm. dead. The rider is badly injured. <laughs> and uh, poor rider. <laughs> oh, I know. In a, in a filly yeah. too, so yeah. a lot of residual. Well, yeah. it, um, it's a dangerous sport. What, what can you say? Yeah. What um what what also caught my eye, which before we get into Kembla, Cody Morgan at Tamworth got. He's got fined seventy five hundred for uh, for texting or telling a trainer to scratch their horse. Asking them, offering, Asking. Them, offering an inducement. Well, yeah, ten percent of the prize money if his horse happened to collect some of it. Um, it's an interesting um, scenario, and it reminded me as soon as I thought of this about you know pre race arrangements and things like that. There's three things that popped into my mind. One was black caviar when they moved the barrier. The other was uh, it's at Undeal when they moved the rail after it drew barrier one. And then the third thing it reminded me, well, if they're worried about what happens pre-race and all these organised like understandings and organisations and deals, well, it'd happen all the time in black type racing. We just don't hear about it. So it's only that they've caught them and found out. So there'd be a lot of it that happens. And then the other option was well, there's pacemakers and people, you know, stables send a horse tearing out in front. And that's actually things that happen in the race. What are you... What are your thoughts first, DK, and then we'll go to Mark? Uh, I thought what a nice mm, reptile a bloke who dobbed him in must be. Um, <laughs> that was my first one. And, uh, yeah, look, I, look it's, it was, it's a, I think perception's all in. We want integrity in our sport. I think you got to slap on them. 
Naughty boy, 7,500. Don't do that again, mm. please. But, um, yeah, I, I can see them. The horse was a 50 to 1 chance. It lays out. They had a three kilo kid on their horse. They thought, oh, well, we need it out of the race for, you know, for obvious reasons. But, um, anyway. Mark? Mark. Ask Mark. He might know more. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, butter wouldn't melt in Cody's mouth uh, if you were actually to hang out with him. He is... Miss, he looks like Mr. Squeaky Clean. Of course, he has done time uh, in the big house. Uh, that was that was a fracker. It was what was that seven or eight years ago? Um, for uh, the police got involved with drenching of a horse, tubing, and whatever it was. Um, and subsequently, obviously, this has come to light. Uh, it's one of those situations that, as you mentioned, goes on all the time. You're either big enough to get away with it, or you don't get caught. And in this case, he's been caught. So bang. He's gone. Mm. Um, what else can you say? I mean, it's one of those situations where you know, if you are caught by the police, um, then you are going to um, suffer the consequences. And if you don't get caught, you get away with it. Mm. There's a uh, there's a trainer that used to just put in horses to compress the weights. Oh, they they probably do it everywhere, but. <laughs> Um, used to happen a lot in New South Wales. I can't recall his name, luckily, but um, yeah, it's, a, it's a funny, it's a funny one. Who gets caught and how, and then how they're punished for that. It's, it's a perception. Um, it's just you don't mm. need the bad press. I mean, look at yesterday. What that racing scandal? Victoria oh, yeah, with yeah, Adam the, Matthews in yeah, trouble he's again because he's a he's des- desperate, desperate bloke trying to get money on the plane. Lisa Enright said had no winners for the last for 2019, 2020. Had three winners this year. Um, so certainly, obviously, something's happened with one of those winners. But um, yeah, she's like had thirty runners in mm. in three years, and it's a racing scandal. So we just don't need the, you know, don't need oh. the bad publicity. There's one around every corner. It's mm. a little bit like the NRL. And uh, Kim Wall went on record. Um, we spoke well, last time we spoke to you. She was worrying about uh, the rock hard track, and now she gets a heavy nine. It's a swamp up there at uh, Campbell Grange, which uh, throws a cat amongst the, ki- the pigeons with uh, no, no, a few no, horses. No, no, the track conditions right. It's track condition minus two. Oh, it's, it's yeah, Mark's seven. little formula. <laughs> it's so Mark's formula. What do you That's think it's it. going to be this week? If they post a seven, it'll be a five. Is that right? <laughs> Look, I guess so. The thing is that we had uh, a, a day of rain on Monday. Um, sorry, uh, Tuesday. Um, rained all day. Uh, hmm. They got two inches of rain. But prior to that, it's been drought conditions. You can't see a puddle anywhere. And, um, of course, you know, the track curators, they look at the rain gauge and they, they give out the track based on the rain gauge. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, look, it just happens all the time. They're overly pessimistic with the track. Kembla is does get very wet very quickly but also gets very dry very quickly. Um, there is small chance of some rain around on Friday, a small amount of rain, um, and probably cloudy conditions on Saturday. So that doesn't help. But nonetheless, we've got a, a beautiful day up here today. Uh, yesterday was windy. So I'd suggest that um, the track will have some give in it, but it won't be it. Hmm. Perfect day uh, to be stuck inside in lockdown doing the form. Let's have a look at the San Domenico Stakes at Kembla. Stay inside, the uh, the slipper winner, emphatic it was, $2.50 favourite here. Uh, Pallelli, $2.90. Remark is four eighty in the Congo, 12 uh, Sword of State, $13. Captivant, $34, Maotai, 41 and similar quote for Mazu and Ranch Hand. We're going to have a look at the trial of Stay Inside, who's now racing in the uh, China Horse Club colours here, and it's just on the inside. It's, uh, it's just tugging there, and I think it's Marway in the Godolphin blue and Lost and Running on the outside. Thoughts here, Mark? 
Uh, look, this was his second trial, obviously, so he was a bit more forward than some of the others. Uh, his figures from the two were the best in the race, but um, he is on the inside there, so um, I guess that doesn't matter for the last 200. Um, it, look, it, it, it's what you would expect. Uh, there's another runner came out of that trial, sort of, uh, what's the horse's name? Sword of State, and um, I'd suggest he probably needed the trial. That's the New Zealander. Uh, finished alongside, stay inside, but it was under more pressure. Um, look, coming along nicely. There's a couple of uh, aspects about the race on Saturday that uh, are interesting. First is the rail position. So we saw two weeks ago at Kember on the supposedly rock hard, what was fast um, surface, that uh, it was a bit played a bit to the inside. The rail goes out one further metre, and um, most of the four metre rail positions when the track has some give in it, are up and in. And he's got an awkward draw there, stay inside. Looks like he has to go back. And um, I think, yeah, the map is a little tricky for him. Hmm. It's a funny one. Uh, I, th- I think I read a stat, seven out of the last eight slipper winners or something like that haven't gone on to win another race. But uh, 70 out of the last different. 80, probably. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Not really. The slip is a welter. There's a welter, mm. there you go. And they go to yeah, and lots of, lots of fillies win it as well. And uh, if yeah. a filly wins it, then it's, it's a bit of a crap race in mm. general. Lots, lights out. All right, let's have a look at uh, Paolelli. We spoke about it uh, as a spring horse to follow with uh, Daniel O'Sullivan. And here it is in the Godolphin, the chestnut with the... Uh, you get to see Remark here. The white star on its head. And Remark with the... Uh, Checks. In the Masara colours, just getting on heels there, yep. getting pole axed. But uh, nice turn of foot, this horse. Look, uh, he's um, obviously shone at 1100. Uh, he was coming back from your sires to win at 1100 before spelling, and um, everything worked out perfectly for him. The best part was the price, of course. Remark got badly held up. In the Congo, got uh, held up, which is no good for a gay bot horse. Um, they both started a lot shorter than uh, Paul Elliott. Um, and had excuses, obviously. They meet him again. Uh, Paul Ellie's got um, slightly better conditions. Um, and then we've got the line through stay inside from the Todman with Remark. Uh, Remark's at three deep on that occasion, was having his second lifetime start, his first start away from home, Had had uh, was coming off a break. Stay inside already had felt some fat Randwick creds. Um, obviously ridden negatively on that occasion, but you'd say that uh, there wasn't much between them based on the Todman. Uh, Remark's already come back, had a run, um, perhaps gets a slightly sweeter map or a suckier run. Uh, so I'd say there's not much between them based on that. Obviously, Paul Ailey, you've, we've seen um, uh, we've seen that run two weeks ago. There's probably not a lot between Paul Ailey and Remark based on that. Mm. So I would cluster the three of them and um, have number four marginally on top because it does have does does appear to have a head of steam and um, remark does go to a, a slightly inferior rider. Tommy Berry uh, obviously sticking with his slipper winner. Um, yeah, not much between them. And if the track does play up and in, in the Congo stays in the race. Um, as we saw in the replay, there he didn't get a chance to show his wares. T Clark will end straight on the lead here. This is the first 1100 I've ever seen at Kembla. It, it'll be starting out of the 1200 metre chute, but it'll be straight onto that long bend that they uh, sort of commence at about the 1000, about about 1000 mark, goes all the way around to the 450. So um, 
you know, he's got circumstances that uh, enable him to stay in the race. Fascinating race. It is. this The betting with this one will be unbelievable because stay inside, it's got all that hype. Will the big the big boys take it on, perhaps? And then, gee, I love the way Remark picked itself up after getting flattened. He was, he was great through the line. I, yes. I didn't really notice it the first time. We looked at that last week with Paul Elliott. All eyes were on the winner there, but uh, on second look, Remark is uh, yeah, well, see, and he nice had, big, had, big had the SP, had the big SP over it, but mm. as you said, but yeah, lesser jock and uh, it's a very fascinating contest. So, um you know, you could say Paul Elliott was flattered there because the other two got held up. But, mm. um, anyway, but they're all upwards into their preps, so a uh, big fascinating contest. Regan well, Bayless, how's, well, uh, he, how's he, he riding he's up going there? going all right. Going good? Yeah, because he was out in his feet yeah. six months ago, wasn't he? Took ages to hit his straps. Mm. Um, you know, he's a, a much-vaunted international jockey, isn't he? But uh, I guess he was riding a lot of Anthony Cummings cattle, which um, <laughs> Anthony tends to start them in the wrong races, so they're um, generally 50-to-1 pops. So it's perhaps hard to hard to build your profile and confidence uh, when you're riding that subset of horses. But anyway, he's he certainly found his way through to be um, cap- capably B grade as far as the the jocks up here are, are concerned. So you'd put him on, and you'd be okay about putting him on. Mm. All right, full credit to him for sticking it out. I thought he might have come home with his tail between his legs or gone maybe up north or something. But he, to his credit, he stuck it out and he's getting some opportunities. Outstanding stuff. Indeed, is there, indeed. Is there any uh, ru- other runners that uh, catch your eye on the rest of the card? Question without notice in the Ming Dynasty. Or I, I notice a top sport big bet is, uh, co- I think it's Cognac, in about uh, race number four at Kembla at mm. the $20. Yeah, uh, it's Richard Freeman and uh, Jean, Jean Vaughan. Yeah, well, it's, it's on the quick backup. Uh, it's gone too hard in some of its races, now up to 2,000. Uh, I'd suggest that Jamara, the local, is rock solid there, and um, Jay Parr is the right booking. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Bjorn backs uh, offshore up after offshore getting, uh, well, not getting owned, but uh, getting um, the lead rested off him from uh, he's a gentleman yesterday at Kinzo, so he'll be on a three-day backup if uh, he goes around. Uh, look, Just, it's, it's a fairly deep card. Um, I'd suggest that um, obviously the pattern's going to, um, to, to be important. Uh, back back in that Ming Dynasty, I mean, Coast Watch has um, has got the planets aligning for him with uh, the last start, Kembla Cred, third up, J-Mac getting on board and the suck draw. So um, I imagine that um, they all have to beat him. Outstanding stuff. All right, if you want to uh, hear more of Mark's musing or pearls, head to at uh, Just Ideal or Rant Racing. The boys do a fantastic job of uh, racing rant. Racing, racing rant. rant. At Rant Racing Twitter. Yeah. But uh, Racing Rant oh, is the, uh, racing is the rant. place you look at forward to. Yeah. Rant, at Rate Racing, but it's called the Racing Rant. Yeah. At Rate Rant Racing. Yes. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Who you got there? Yeah, well, stuff. some car mob but obviously already stolen our, uh, our handle. You had a problem with that during the week, didn't you, Scooty? I mean, some Littlebirdie.com.au. I think yeah. Glen, Glen, Glenster got on uh, the blower to Matty Taylor and said, what? They've found 30 million oh, in investment. Missus messaged me about it. Hey? Did they? Oh, Look. Missus messaged me about it. Are they? Is this yours? Yeah. Oh. There you go. So who's putting the boot in whom? No, I think we're, we were there first, but uh, I don't know. I'll let my lawyer sort of hit. No, I think it's a uh, play on. I think we'll get a fair bit of runoff. People will be looking for an air fryer and they'll come and find back a couple of winners and pay for it. 
So uh, I'm sure uh, it's not the first time Tab Sportsbet and Sportsbet are in dispute for quite some time. So I think we'll uh, appreciate a little bit of the runoff. But uh, until they start doing betting banks and syndicates and uh, putting on racing shows, I think uh, we can coexist. I'm not uh, not too worried about them at all. But uh, maybe they're worth a look, littlebirdie.com.au, and uh, maybe they can jump on board and might get uh, some sponsorship out of them. If uh, anyone's listening in uh, Little Birdie Land, if they're trying to figure out what we are, uh, fantastic stuff, Mark. Good luck over the weekend. And uh, just remember, it's the uh, track rating minus two up in New South Wales. Very good, Scoot. We'll see you. We'll talk to you soon. See you, DK. See you, Mark. Fantastic stuff. All right. The uh, the other segment that's been absolutely on fire, and we'll just zip through these ones, are the top sport big bets. My one that they found last start around the $9. Someone just plonked a 1000 at uh, the $9. So good betting uh, there from the Merlehands. And Zuzarella won the first at uh, Mooney Valley. I think Bre- Preble. B. Preble. Preble. On fire, B. Preble. Yeah, my old man found it. He was absolutely uh, tickled pink. He uh, rode a couple of winners there, Brett Preble. Nice little pearl, that one. Jockeys that win the first race go on and win more races later in the card. Tails up. Yeah, they're all very confident. Confidence. Very much confidence riders. A bit like, riders bit like us. Yeah, yeah, punters. I know. If I, might, if I get beaten in a photo in the first race, you know, <laughs> pushing shit up all the rest of the day. It's called tilt. tilt. <laughs> Early tilt, mate. On the Chevy. Yeah. All right. Top spot big bet time. Uh, race seven in the heavily. It's number two, Angel of Truth, 1000 at $6. Don't mind this bet. It uh, There's a couple of horses there, uh, roughy, so I guess for the Caulfield Cups and the Melbourne Cups, but uh, if this horse is wound up enough, uh, well, it's good enough to beat those. Well-placed enlisted grade. Like, yeah. Always runs in group races, likes Caulfield. Second up, um, I ran in the Peter Young, ran well in the Peter Young over the autumn and had a great autumn in all those mm. group races, so. Um, can throw a result. It's a funny little race, that. Yeah. It's always a good betting race, the, uh, the Heatherly, for mine. Yeah. Always can, uh, if you do the form, you can find some holes in the market. All right. Race eight, number 10 is uh, Tafane, $1,005. We've covered that one a little plenty, bit. Plenty of people in its corner. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd be laying it. Yeah. Well, I saw the boys on um, Ascari and Matty Welsh, which both tipping it. Uh, so plenty in, that, in its corner, but you know the horse well. You, you, you knew it from up in Queensland. Hmm. So, um, yep, there'll be two sides there, probably. Yeah, outstanding. And uh, the next one we've got, I've just got a little bit ahead of myself, is uh, race four, number five, Cognac. So that's that import on the backup, yep. 2,000. But it's just, look, it's had one go at two, so it had one go at 2,000 in the UK and one. Mm. And, uh, but oh, they're, they're mixing a the gear on it. It's going hard. Look, it might get to the front, and if it settles, maybe that's someone speculating, I suppose. Mm. And the uh, the other bit there is race five, number one, Matawi, 250 at uh, $17. So that's another Jaden Lloyd uh, runner. So yeah. there's a little bit of a pattern there. So Jaden oh, Lloyd was, was last week as well. That's it? so clever. Uh-huh. It, uh, it it was pretty plain, but it, um, um, but it, it did start favourite two to one. Oh, it, was, it was a heavy heavy bet. It was two ninety into a, uh, I think two twenty or something like that. Oh, so that was it. So clever. But I'm saying yeah. this horse Matau, he started mm. favourite last start. Mm. So someone might have been Samuel. So, I mean, there were three dollars last start, seventeen dollars today. Mm. You know, so people will look at that. Oh, outstanding stuff. We've uh, had a bit of everything there. We had Jake and uh, big show. Adelaide, bit of uh, Caulfield this weekend, and then Kembla. So it's uh, whips are cracking. You've got uh, Warwick Nabil, Warwick Nabil, Maui on Sunday. You know that be about that. Maui. I mean, why is there a Sunday meeting at Maui? Please, <laughs> we've got a jumps meeting at Ballarat. <laughs> a Sunday meeting at Maui. Like anyway, but Warwick Nabil Saturday. Let's hope we can uh, find some fat on the bone there. Outstanding stuff. Hopefully we've found you a winner uh, at home. If you're uh, betting in the AFL finals or rugby league, the final round there, make sure you check out our other show, Little Birdie Podcast. And uh, 
We've got a new NFL show coming as well. So I think it's called Third and Long. It'll kick off next week with uh, the uh, NFL around the corner. I won't be on that show. I've got no idea about NFL, but uh, if you want to keep up to date with uh, the market moves and betting and some uh, information so you can have a little bit of a bet on that, make sure you uh, stay tuned. No, I want a top rope. Top rope. Yeah, he, just man, he just knows them all. Yeah, so, top rope, uh, he knows every sport. <laughs> hey, he's he's a betting good. machine. Yeah. Betting machine. But uh, we've got a nice little lineup there. So uh, hear more about that in the next couple of days. That's for sure. All right. Good luck on the punt. Uh, support our uh, presenting sponsors, topsport.com.au and punting form. And uh, we'll see you next week.